Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we got a, another football commitment in the class of 2024 yesterday. Um, Rutgers basketball team leaves for their international trip tomorrow. Uh, we have another commitment for the basketball program, kind of. Never really kind of left, it seems, or maybe <laughs> did for a little while. And then uh, got some training camp in full swing. So let's just talk right off of that with this, uh, this new football commitment. Um, yeah, so Ed Greer, if I want to pronounce that correctly. I'm just guessing at this point, I guess. Um, I can go back and check on my sources and make sure that's correct. And um, But yeah, no, it, he seems like an interesting running back prospect. He's number two running back in their class because Gabriel Winowich is also coming in, who's Michigan native slash now New Jersey high school product. Um, Ed Greer, I've, I've looked at multiple networks. So he's a 5'7 on one network. He's a 5'10 on our network. I was told that 510 was from um, the rivals camp this spring. Then you go to, you go talk to the kid and he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm five, eight and a half. I'm almost five, nine actually. So I'm like, okay. So everyone has it wrong completely. Um, he's short, he's shifty, he's quick. He's a kid out of Florida, typical Florida athlete, um, chose Rutgers over offers. Actually Rutgers offered immediately after he just uh, Rutgers offered the other day. And immediately after with a conversation with Greg on Sunday, he committed like on the spot. Um, similar build to, uh, Deshaun Benjamin, a kid who they took last class from Pahoke, Florida, Pahokee, Pahoke. Uh, I'm not sure which one, uh, my pronunciations are off today. I've, I've had half a coffee, so I'm getting there. Um, now, now we got puppy pod going on. <laughs> uh, Sorry, he's, uh, hey, he is losing it downstairs. That's but... fine. Like I said, hashtag golden retriever, hashtag dogs of YouTube and look at our views just jump. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was saying before, I don't know if you heard, you probably didn't hear me, but so he the kid no, told me the kid told me he's five eight and a half. One site has him listed five seven. We have him listed at five ten from our camp in in spring. So it's like it's a guessing. <laughs> that's why. So you guys measured him at five ten, and some people say he measured at five seven. Yeah. So that's the thing. So like we don't have like our camps are all volunteer based. So I don't know who the hell measured him, but some volunteer measured him, and he they was, just took his word for it. Yeah, they're just like, hey, yeah, that's five ten. That's what they wrote down. So yeah. Um, and they, they did they the whole the trust like, me, bro scale. Yeah. No, we have like the actual like <laughs> scales and stuff and the weights and all that. And it's just, I don't know who measured them at five ten, but you're off. Um, that's what you get for hiring <laughs> volunteers. Uh, but no, he's, he's a pretty good prospect. He's, he's small, he's shifty. He's uh, I know people want him to be like a, a Deuce Vaughn type running back, but I don't think that's realistic, but he does also have ties to New Jersey. His sister and uncles lived in New Jersey. Um, he told uh he told me yesterday and I didn't add it to the article yet because I'm just I've been lazy and it was late night. Um he watched Kyle Manangai grow up, watched Kyle Manangai play growing up, watched watched Isaiah Pacheco, who said he was his favorite running back ever at Rutgers. Um, who I know you just mentioned off the pod, but I'm saying on here too. Pacheco's just popularity's just jumped insanely. Like he's the top twenty five jersey sales, you said, for the NFL this year. So it's a, this is a pretty good guy. He's also pretty physical and kind of, kind of thick for that, that size. He's 195. 
it's pretty big for a five, eight and a half kid. And then, uh, now some people you see five, eight and a half, 195, you're probably like, yeah, that guy, that guy's chunky. This kid's a little ripped. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's physical. He's good. He rushed for 1400 plus yards last year, 20 something touchdowns average, like almost eight yards of carry. Like this, this kid is legit. And I, I don't know why schools are passing on him other than the fact that the height thing might be the biggest issue. Yeah, no, he was super productive. That was the thing that jumped out to me the most is he had just like an insane amount of touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I remembered it being closer to 30 total. Uh, Maybe that's what it was. I might have read it wrong. I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so another Florida kid, another kid who kind of like he got the offer and committed right away, it sounded like. So yeah. um, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. These, these like off-the-wall commitments are always just like – just a little confusing, especially when it's like, oh, no, they're done at this position. And then two weeks later, they send a random offer out and he commits right away. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Under they, the radar kid for sure. Yeah. They, they were waiting to see what Patterson, Jason Patterson, who ended up at Cincy, actually, instead of Kentucky, which everyone thought he was going to do. And uh, Yusin Willis, who ended up at Pittsburgh. So kind of waiting on those top two targets, see what they did. And obviously, they both went elsewhere. And it sounded like they were going to wait till fall to kind of see how these kids performed in the first couple games of the season. Cause that's just what college coaches do at this point um, for late bloomers, especially, but this, this, they like this kid a lot. They want to get him in the fold. And um, it's another Florida kid. I think you're seventh of the class, which would be the highest uh, state produ- state producer for this class uh, would be Florida, seven, Florida, two, Michigan, three, North Carolina, five Jersey and uh, a four, four Jersey and two New York, two Wisconsin, Ohio. Like this is, just, this class is all over the map and it's, it's kind of cool to look at the map and uh, I'm, I'm going to tweet it out before this podcast ends or maybe right afterwards. Um, we have a map with all the like little pinpoints of where uh, kids are coming from. And it's, it's definitely uh, expanding the state of Rutgers for sure. So the only thing with Florida huh. kids is you gotta, you gotta keep them committed. That, that's yeah. the biggest worry. So it's a, uh, definitely not an easy job but uh i think this kid might end up staying committed like uh like most of them yeah no that'd be cool um seeing that map of just like how uh how national the recruiting is right now for the football program yeah um so let's let's kind of talk a training camp is there anything is there anything you've uh you can talk about or anything that greg has said that really stood out to you so far is it still too early in camp to really sworn to to secrecy (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, I can talk a little bit about stuff. Um, nothing crazy. It was day one that we got to watch. I know, obviously, they practice this weekend as well, um, but we were not there because media is not allowed to attend the weekend ones. It's Well, next weekend, actually, it will be a scrimmage, so we can attend that one. Um, okay. But no, nothing nothing too crazy. We're going to get the full roster with the heights and weights today, and that, that's probably my favorite part because I like to actually go in there and dive in and see like who gained 10 to 15 pounds, who lost pounds who, who all of a sudden had a growth spurt in college which which does happen from time to time mm-hmm. um other than that what greg's uh in terms of the roster actually um Kier price moved back to tight end i know he's a blocking tight end slash fullback mm-hmm. last year wait Kier price did the line, yeah. defensive lineman yep he's back at tight end again so he huh. was a blocker tight end last year i know when they first came in slash fullback h-back whatever the hell you want there's so many different terms for it now um just call it a fullback um but now they moved him back to defensive line in the spring on the per the roster. Now he's back as a tight end per the roster yet again for the third second time. Um, Dario Jawbone, Jabome, Jabome. I forget if it's Jabome or Jabome. Um, he's now Jabome. at defensive lineman. He's also a former huh. linebacker. 
spent time on special teams. I think he's appeared in all 12 games on special teams. So that's, that's something to keep an eye on because Greg usually, as most of you probably know, Greg does that a lot for guys he loves um, and thinks can contribute in year two. Put them on special teams, get them used to the speed of the games, and just get them out there and get them some reps because that's the easiest way to uh, to just kind of learn, to, to literally physically be out there and be on the field. Um, other than that, he talked about the quarterback room, Wimsat, Shiraka, how they're gelling, blah, blah, blah. Wide receiver group, um, Jaquay Jackson. He mentioned Nassim Brantley, Jaquay Jack, uh, uh, Isaiah Washington. He actually talked about a little bit, which I was a little shocked by. But uh, he did say Isaiah Washington starting to hit his stride, which could be huge if they could get him something out of him. Um, Chris Long, you mentioned. I'm trying to think. That's that's pretty much it. He didn't mention like uh, Rochelle or Dremel, but that's that's the ongoing battle for the slot. There's a there's a giant position battle basically at the wide receiver position that we're not really talking about. I know um, we kind of slotted Jaquay Jackson as wide receiver one, which I think that's still fair. Um, but that wide receiver two spots where it gets really interesting, like can Isaiah Washington step up or could Nassim Brantley step up? Could Chris Long just come out of nowhere and just take the job? It's There's a lot of options there. Um, then the offensive line group, I, I know I asked him about this specifically, and I found it a little interesting. So he said he doesn't want to rotate linemen. He wants a solidified five. But I feel like in the past, maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was Gleason that said that. He wanted five to seven total. So um, – I guess it's just it's a different change in philosophy, and that's partially. I know everyone wants to speculate. That's that's Flaherty saying that he wants solid five, and it's like, all right, Flaherty definitely controls the room, but he doesn't control like the offense. So, end of the day, it's, it's this is Kirk's call probably, and Kirk wants a solidified five, and I, I think we kind of know who that solidified five is currently. Could someone jump up and take the reins from someone else on the right side? Yeah, probably, but. Um, the other thing is that everyone keeps saying like Curtis Dunlap is is a right guard, but if you watch the spring game, he played specifically left guard. So that left side is going to be huge with Holland Pierce and Curtis Dunlap, and should have more on Holland Pierce later on today, tomorrow, maybe the next day. Um, but yeah, that left side's huge. Iron Brown's great, and then it's that right side that's the biggest question mark for me personally, and that's that's why I asked Greg about it, and we got as much as we could, but not a whole lot of going on there with. Um, with, with training camp just because it was day one. Um, one thing I did want to mention that I thought was really cool, the day before day one of training camp, Rutgers hosted a CPR and AED uh, training uh, session for uh, college coaches, or not college coaches, youth football coaches throughout New York and New Jersey. And it was more so because of what happened with the DeMar Hamlin thing. They wanted to make sure other coaches were prepared and ready to go. God forbid something like that ever happens again. So I thought that was pretty neat. And, and another chance to get high school coaches on your – on your turf and on your campus. So that's always a good thing too. But uh, this, this was great for the community and just kind of showing like Rutgers is out there more. Yeah. And cares and, and wants uh, kids yeah. to be safe. Not a, never a bad thing to, to have that message out there. Um, we also had three people, three players speak after practice on Thursday. Yes. It was Gavin Wintat, Jaquay Jackson and uh, Mo Ture. Was there anything mm-hmm. that any of those three players said that stood out? Like obviously Ture's coming off an injury Gimset Wimset was named starter before training camp. Jaquay Jackson's in his first practice at uh, you know Power Five level. Anything from any mm-hmm. of those guys that stood out? So I'd say probably well, number one. It's not Wimset. I was I thought it was Wimset for a long Wimsett? time. It's Wimset. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. hey, that's just that sounds weird. I don't know if I like that. And you keep it, change right, it, well, buddy. That's he pronounces his name. You make it Wimsack. Change it up. Name. Come yeah. on, Wimsack. All right. Um, yeah. So that found that was interesting. Um, so now I got to change my whole brain to figure out how I can say that correctly, um, as if my pronunciations weren't off already. But, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Mo, Mo Tuve kind of just came out, and he um, <laughs> someone asked him, and they're like. Like linebacker, defensive end, what, what, how are you doing this? Like, what do you like better? Do you, do you have a preference? He's like, I'm a defensive player. And I'm like, oh, all right, Johnny Lankin, here we go. Um, he's basically just like, I'll do whatever it takes to win. And he, he sounded pretty adamant about that. He, he loves the fact that he's back on the field. He looks jacked, by the way. Um, he looks like he, he's not, not only jacked, like he's packing on pounds, but he's also packing on a ton of muscle too. Um, I think he could honestly legitimately play either. We've seen him play linebacker, and we've seen him grab an interception two, well, two years ago, mind you. Um, we've seen him play defensive end and be the best edge rusher on the team. So I think there's going to be so many ways you can kind of use him now because he's so big now that I feel like you can almost kind of – like if you're you're on a third down package and a pass rush package, you might have a line with like him, Kenny Fletcher, Aaron Lewis, and Wesley Bailey on the line and just say, screw it, you four just go. And – it's it's possible he could absolutely dominate opposing quarterbacks. Um, he did say that he bonded a lot with Moses Walker, and that kind of stood out to me because they both similar injury, um, similar position as well too, and similar builds. Like Moses Walker's ripped too for a second year player, but um, Gavin Gavin talked about the offense gelling, nothing insane. Jaquay Jaquay is just happy to be at Rutgers. He mentioned that NIL didn't play a factor. Uh, I'm going to say this in the nicest way. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call BS on that one a little bit, but to each their own because there's <laughs> he entertained Colorado quite a bit. Um, and Miami and Texas and, oh, Yeah, I mean, kind of weird. What adds up there? Um, mm-hmm. But no, coming back, he said the NFL ties to Rutgers between Dave Brock, Salonamon, Calvin Ridley, Julio. He even mentioned Sanu specifically. Um, and, and I can confirm he was not fed that. Um because, you know, they kind of feed, feed them some stuff before interviews. And it's just how it works with the media. But that one yep. was definitely not fed. He uh, he's legitimately knew a lot about Muhammad Sanu and, and loved the fact that uh, these guys all coached NFL teams or NFL players. So this is a, that was just a great get. And he's just a very well-spoken kid, too. He's not too cocky. He just wants, he wants to win, and he wants to do it at the big stage. So he wants to prove everyone that he can be that wide receiver one, and I, I really think he's going to be. So, other than that, nothing, nothing really uh, crazy. We'll have a lot more today, though. You, you mentioned Ture being jacked. Uh, I, I just want to call out one guy uh, for being an absolutely massive human being, Isaiah Iton. If anyone has not <laughs> oh, seen a God. picture of Isaiah Iton, we're going to pull it up on the screen here. But go check, take a look at the picture of him from practice. He's like one of the biggest human. He's one of the biggest football players I can remember uh, putting on a Rutgers uniform. Like, look at this dude. Dude, yeah, that's got probably the easily the biggest arms on the team. He's just like insane. He's just massive. He's, he looks like an SEC defensive lineman. So, just yeah. from a you know, I, I think Kick said this like the leading off the bus uh, scale. He's you know he's a ten out of ten on the the guy you want <laughs> coming off the bus first. He doesn't but, even have pads on. Those are spider no. pads. That's like mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, he's got it. That's the other thing. It's not just him either. Like, this team actually looks like a legitimate, like, Big Ten Didn't college Greg football team. The strongest team he's ever had. Yeah. Yep. This, he said something. Uh, Joe Susan came up to him with the strength numbers and said it's the strongest team he's ever had since, since ever being at Rutgers, not just 2.0 tenure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is just you could see it too. Like you see it on the line, you see it in the trenches, and you're like, all right, oh shit. And you see like one or two, and it's like, all right, that, that that's what it used to look like. But that, oh mm-hmm. shit, what over here? Like damn. Yeah. So it is uh, definitely something to keep an eye on because they are going to be stronger up front, and that's going to help the run game, pass game, overall blocking, hopefully. Yep. So, yeah, it was a good couple of days, or good day, I should say. Yep, and we should have more today. Like you said, Richie's about to leave for practice, so we're going to try and wrap this up uh, semi-quickly. We do have a few basketball things we want to cover. Obviously, yesterday we had a commitment from Austin Williams, Yes. Um, maybe that was Saturday, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, it was Saturday. a month ago. <laughs> yeah, technically a month ago, and that's why that podcast we recorded might have had some uh, some info that was a little out of date. Um, yeah. We expected to release that pretty quickly, and it didn't happen. So we apologize for that. Uh, Austin Williams obviously brings an experienced guard who can step right mm-hmm. in and start or t- play a ton of minutes for Rutgers next year. They also had uh, Oscar Palmquist officially announced he was coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. To the roster, they, they they finally got thirteen scholarship players on the team. First time, uh, long time. Yeah, ahead of their their trip, they depart for tomorrow. Um, is there anything you wanted to hit on with those two things before we kind of uh, discuss a little more Dylan Harper stuff? No, I'm still pretty adamant. I think Austin will be a starter um, for the program. I think he's too good to keep him on the bench. He averaged what seventeen last time he was fully playing. Uh, mind you, it was Hartford, but he, he's proven that he can do it at that level. And I don't think that's that big of a jump. And I said it on the old podcast, and I'll say it again. That jump from Hartford to, mind you, old Hartford, not new Hartford. That's like D3 or whatever. From Hartford, I think it was American East, to the Big Ten level is not that crazy. And Quasi Yeboah did it. And, yeah, you take – I want to say when you make a jump like that, you probably go, like, look at their numbers and probably cut it in half. And I'm still getting a solid eight, nine points out of the kid. Like, that's that's pretty damn good. Um, especially when I have a Fernandes next to him, who's probably going to be the leading scorer if I had to guess. Um, so I think that's a good get. And then getting Oscar back, everyone stop, stop complaining. Stop saying, Hey, we should have got Paul back. Like, no, no, it's number one. There's a huge difference between Paul and Oscar when it comes to team chemistry and just overall team morale. One's a real good team player. One's a great locker room presence. One's everyone loves it. The other one, it's, I'm not going to be making a hate fest on Paul, but like, (laughs) I mean, he just wasn't a great locker room presence from what we were told. So you see it on the court, too. He was yelling at teammates on the court. He was yelling at refs on the court. He was tripping people at one point. And Rutgers fans, I know you have sometimes the scarlet-colored glasses, and like you're like, yeah, he didn't really trip them. And it's like, he kind of fucking full-on put his leg out there. <laughs> like, it's it was bad. But, uh, yeah, no, I think getting Oscar back is huge, not just from that perspective, but also you need a four-man until Mag's fully healthy. Mag might not be back for game three or game until game three or four. Could he play games one and two? Probably, but I don't think he starts. Or I don't even think he plays, to be honest with you. I think he's going to take a little bit to get back in the groove of things. Um, so I really think that Oscar is going to be a significant player for this team. And God forbid you can get him to be a consistent three-point shooter or outside shot. Having him drag someone out of the paint and letting Cliff go one-on-one with people – I take Quiff almost 95% of the time. Maybe against – that's – no, actually, maybe 98% of the time. I put him against anybody. Even, yeah. even guys like Zach Eady who are just kind of like good defenders because they're so large. Like, I was going to say him. Way quicker. Like, uh, I don't know. Cliff's an elite college big man. Yeah. Um, especially defensively. And if you saw uh, what uh, Rothstein said, he's like, Quiff's got a new bag of moves too. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eager to see what this looks like. So – 
Yeah, you got to hope that him training for the NBA draft and working, you know, full time as a basketball player this offseason mm -hmm. might have, you know, developed some skills that maybe he didn't have fully developed while he was at Rutgers. So, yeah, I, I do think we'll see a bit of a jump from him this year. No, I think it'd be a huge jump um, if, if he can do like a pump fake, too. I feel like he can get a lot of people jumping nowadays, too. So, yep, exactly. Um, last thing I wanted to hit on is uh, you obviously future cast Dylan Harper to Rutgers. Uh, what May twenty fifth, give or take? Who's counting? Um, you had Jackson I'm Collier coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jackson Collier came in with his future cast, I believe, on July twelfth, based mm -hmm. on similar info you were hearing for a while. Mm -hmm. And then this past weekend, uh, I guess we can kind of chronologically go through it. Dylan posts something about needing an edit on Instagram. Um, a few Duke mods ended up future flipping their future casts mm -hmm. from uh, Duke to Rutgers. And then uh, there seemed like there was an avalanche of future casts for Dylan to Rutgers. What what changed this weekend? What happened? Do you fill everybody in? If you're not first, you're last. Put it like that. In wise words of Ricky Bobby. Um, yeah, no. So basically Duke's, Duke's punting. Duke's going elsewhere. Or they're just going to change up the play call. Instead of going for uh, Dylan Harper, they're going to switch up things. They're going to try to go somewhere else. Now, mind you, they might land Cooper Flag and he might reclass, which great for them. Duke does this every year. They don't really give a shit. Um, but they, they just realized that they're, they're out and it sounds like Dylan's getting very, very close to making a decision. I've had people tell me the next couple of weeks, I've had one person tell me within the next month. So based on that timeline, it sounds like it's, it's coming up pretty quickly. Um, it's, it's going to be insane. And it just sounds like Dylan's telling people that he's, he's coming to, coming to Rutgers. I know, um, going this past weekend, he was at the Steph Curry, um, elite camp with, uh, Ace Bailey on the same team as Ace Bailey. Now, these people at these camps aren't stupid. They're putting them on the same team. Then all of a sudden, he has the Under Armour event this week, and it's like, oh, wait, he's on the same team as Ace Bailey again? That's that's weird. And I found out. I was like, um, what was Dylan's last event? I think it was SummerSlam in New York City. Guess guess who else is going to SummerSlam in New York City? Ace, Ace Bailey. Ace Bailey. <laughs> like, Crazy. Okay. like what, what, Something's adding up here, like a little bit. Um I know him and Ace were hanging out a lot at the Elite Camp this past weekend. I know, um, I think they believe they were staying together as well. The two have become really close. They're like, I don't want to say best friends, but it's pretty damn close to that. Um, it's they're as close as recruits as I've ever seen before. Like maybe as close as Gabriel Winovich and um, AJ Serace, who moved across the country just to be with one <laughs> with one another. Wow. Um, yeah, they are extremely close. They might be closer than that, to be honest. But uh, these two have been talking nonstop. They're talking about Rutgers. Um, it sounds like they're talking to other kids about Rutgers as well at these camps. So, um, mind you, these camps aren't just 2024s. They're 2025s, 26, blah, 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 et cetera. Some of, these, some of these camps even have college kids, which is weird. But I don't know how that works. But, yeah, I, I think it's all but said and done. It's just a matter of uh, him putting it out there and putting the tweet in – uh, we've, we've been saying this for a while. He's been leaning Rutgers for a while. And I know people panicked when I put in the future cast and nothing happened after the next week or next month, the next three months. Is that what it is now? Yeah, it's been three months. Wow. Since, since our future cast. So it's, uh, it's huge. And it's, it's only a matter of time till Rutgers has one and two in the country, which never thought I'd say before. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. It is a wild time to be a Rutgers fan. Um, so just stay tuned because I'm hearing the same thing. I'm hearing it'll probably be in August at some point. Um, now, don't hold us to that schedule, but that's just what we're hearing right now. That is the latest intel. So Could if change. it doesn't happen, 
it could change. And that's with all recruiting stuff. So just be aware that this is the latest information we have. And yeah. this is coming from good sources. So yep. it sounds like it is soon, but not necessarily tomorrow soon. Um, and I would imagine that the staff wouldn't really want them committing while uh, yes. they're on the international trip. So <laughs> um, I guess it's either, it's probably not going to happen in the next two weeks, yeah. if I had to guess. Yeah, no, they're not going to put them on the Euro trip or not let them commit, at least on the Euro trip. You want to save that news for either right before or right after. So they're leaving tomorrow. So I don't anticipate it happening today. Could it happen today? Maybe. Who the hell knows? But I probably would say it's probably going to happen after. So maybe, what is it, like a week or two weeks or something like that they're away. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But um, yeah, it's from shit. All right, guys. Well, thank you once again for listening. Uh, my dog's about to explode. Richie has to make his practice. <laughs> yep. So we will uh, we'll sign it off today a little shorter than normal and without the begging for readings and reviews. But, uh, it, but stay yeah, But do it if you haven't. Uh, but stay tuned because we'll have at least one or two more episodes this week to discuss how training camp's going and the inevitable uh, highlight that shows up on on you know Twitter or Instagram. Cliff, you know, embarrassing uh, a 6'4 center in, in Dakar, Senegal. <laughs> um, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Dream Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.